check it out. It's your neighborhood preacher. I know that you're alive if you're listening to this. God bless you. It's good to be back here uh, doing my podcast. Uh, I pray that the Lord is blessing and keeping you, and I know that uh, is easy for Him to do. Um, how you guys doing? It's been a minute since uh, I've been uh, on the uh, in the podcast booth, but I've been thinking of you. Hopefully, uh, you've been staying close to the Lord. And you know, sometimes uh, you know, there's a cliche that before it gets better, it gets worse. I want you to know that uh, even though sometimes the storms of life hit, most of the time God is a lot closer than you think. Um, it's always exciting for me to share with you, um, especially uh, through the Word of God uh, and and my heart, uh, what God is impressing me with. I pray that it encourages you, it blesses you, and it motivates you to take your relationship further and deeper with Christ. Um, so it's your neighborhood preacher here. I am uh, excited to bring to you this message, and it is called... My food is to do the will of him who sent me. Jesus made this statement, and we're going to take a look at some of the scriptures. And even if you don't have your Bible, even if you're not able to um, flip through the Bible at this time, it's going to be an edifying uh, message. So let us prepare, Father, in Jesus' name. I pray for every listener. I thank you that... Anybody who can hear my voice is not in hell yet. (laughs) So we bless you for your mercy. We bless you for your grace. And we know that because we believe in you, we have eternal life. So we're not going to end up in hell. We thank you that even though we experience times, uh, they seem like storms, seems times of emptiness, times of loneliness, times maybe even of rejection, times of testing, times of humility and just times of life father we thank you for keeping us we thank you for you know what you're doing so as we put our trust in you we believe that you're just going to cause us to win cause us to walk in victory cause us to walk in prosperity cause us to rise up above anything that's not of you not for you And Father, we just thank you for your word and your message. We ask that you bless our hearts. Give us the ears to hear and the hearts to understand that it might produce much fruit and that we might get closer to you. In Jesus' mighty name, the name above all names, amen. My food is to do the will of him who sent me. I've been looking at John chapter 4. And it's uh, quite interesting. Um, John was uh, an amazing disciple of Jesus Christ. And I'm really, really um, getting intrigued by John. But in John chapter 4, you know, Jesus is already getting in trouble. And I say this because, you know, if you start to read John chapter 4, it talks about how, you know, the Pharisees heard that Jesus uh, baptized more disciples uh, than John did, even though Jesus didn't do the baptizing. <laughs> uh, the disciples did. 
And it said that uh, he, he left uh, to Judea. He departed again to Galilee. Uh, but he needed to go through Samaria. And as, I, as I've looked upon this message again, and I've learned this message at a time in my life, I realized that Jesus didn't need to go through Samaria at all. As a matter of fact, it was out of his way. It was out of his way that he had to go to Samaria because I believe Jesus in the scriptures, we see that he meets a woman at the well. And this woman at the well reminds me of myself because Jesus went out of his way in his journey as he's sitting at the right hand of the Father of God. Somehow he's gone out of his way for my life and he didn't need to touch my life. And he didn't need to change my heart. He didn't need to call me, but he did. So he goes through Samaria, and in verse 7 of chapter 4 in John, a woman of Samaria comes to draw water. And Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. And then the woman of Samaria says to him, how is it that you being a Jew... Ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman, for the Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. A lot of times there's people who are, trust me, definitely way better scholars and way more knowledgeable than me. And quite frankly, a lot of times you, you just don't need to get too deep into the word of God. I mean, it's great to know the, the, the background and what's taking place and you got to know the context but sometimes you read it and it's real simple this lady's saying hey i'm a samaritan and you're a jew i mean quite frankly you guys think you're better and i'm just a samaritan i'm a nobody and you're asking me for a drink like you guys are doing better than us you got it all together you you're more superior why are you even asking me and so Jesus answered, and he says, If you knew the gift of God and who it was who says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. You see, living water, when Jesus is saying, Hey, listen, you should have asked me if you knew who the gift of God was who's asking you for water. You see, a lot of times God uses people to ask us for things, asks us to serve, asks us to be a part of something, asks us to humble ourselves. God asks us to give up our time, give up our money, give up our life. And there's so many times we resist. And this lady is just going about her own life. She's doing her own thing. And that's most people in this world. We're just going about life. We're, we're doing what we got to do. I know I can get an amen. We're doing what we got to do. We're getting the grind on. And we're making things happen because certain things got to happen. We got to eat. We got to do things. We got to pay bills. We got we to gotta function. We got to take care of business. And... What we understand here is that 
this lady's like, look, you're sitting here at the well and you don't have anything to get water from, at least from what I'm reading, because he's asking her for some water. And she says, you're a Jew. Why are you even asking me of water? And he says, look, lady, if you knew the gift of God and who is it who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Living water was the spirit of God. The spirit of God is, is endless. The spirit of God is fulfilling. The spirit of God is, is pros- prospering in every way. Um, it, it is the spirit of God, the rivers of water, the living water. And the woman says to Jesus in verse 11, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where then do you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? who gave us this well and drink and he drank from it himself as well as his sons and his livestock Jesus answered and said to her whoever drinks of this water will thirst again so out of this well of Jacob and his sons and his livestock that were given right If you drank water from that well, you're going to thirst again. And Jesus says, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give give him will become in him a fountain of water springing into everlasting life. He's talking about the Spirit of God. He's talking about himself. He's talking about when we come in to this encounter with God. See, it's an amazing truth that when we come across the intersection of, of somebody bringing the gospel or the word of God to another person, that almost in itself is a miracle. Because the Bible says that you cannot come to Christ, the Spirit of God, unless he draws you. A lot of people think they're doing God a favor, but like, yeah, I'm not ready. No, I'm not interested. Yeah, I don't get this. No, nah, I don't go to church. No, uh, I'm, not, I'm not a part, part of uh, that Christianity stuff. No, I'm not walking with God. No, um, I got nothing to do with God. You know, it, you know I'm on my, my own journey. I'm on my own road. I don't need God. And I'm not saying you're saying that. I'm just saying there are people that do. What they don't understand is they think they're doing God a favor as if they're in control. Nope. The Bible says that it is God that draws man. It is a privilege that God would allow me and you to get closer. It's a privilege that God would allow me and you to have a heart that wakes up in the morning that pants after him like a deer pants for water in the wilderness. You see, a lot of times we think it's us that's in control because we have a will and it's not. 
God is the sovereign one. He's the all-powerful. He's the almighty. He's the all-knowing. And if you got a little bit of God in your life, if you got a little bit of God speaking to you, if you got a little bit of thoughts toward God, if you got a little bit of friends telling you about God, if you got a little bit of God, then you got a whole lot of God. Because God is the one that does the drawing. God is the one that's ever-present, choosing on whom he will bestow his word, his truth, and his spirit upon. And I think a lot of times we get it twisted that we're doing something for God by acknowledging him. Man, if God didn't want you to acknowledge him, you wouldn't even have the chance. So the reality is, is that she's asking, hey, are you better than our father Jacob who left this well and him and his sons and his livestock left? Jesus says, look, this water in this deep, deep, deep well, it's deep. It's good. It's refreshing. But you're going to thirst again. See, it sounds like to me, like our life. As much as I go to work, as much as I hustle, as much as I put in my effort, to be the best version of me, I'm still getting tired. I'm still getting hungry. I'm still getting thirsty. And I still need that money. No matter what I do, it's not going to lead me to everlasting, eternal life. But Jesus says here, if you drink of the waters I give you, you will never thirst again man i'm telling you right now i I just i know that we as as believers try and even if you're learning and growing stronger with christ i know that we get this these teachings on how passionate we we need to be to get other people to see the truth and to change and the reality is is we just need to be passionate about presenting it it's up to God and it's up to, to the heart of man to do the rest. But God completes the work. One man plants, one waters, but God gives the increase. It has nothing to do with me and you. And I really think that we got to take a look here that this is like our life. This woman at the well going about her business, doing her daily duties, doing what she needs to do to And somebody comes in her life, in her path. Jesus is using this example of water for her to fetch her water every day. That you're going to be thirsty every day. But if you drink of me. See, it's crazy here because I'm going to say it again later in my message. But Jesus really is leading to Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3, where he says, where Moses says, you know, they're they're being led out of the wilderness. The word of God is reminding them not to forget the commandments of God, to remember what God has done by bringing them out of the wilderness, setting them free from the captives, feeding them with manna, means what is it? Manna means what is it? God providing for them every day, not for a weeks at a time, but every day they needed to seek God and he provided 
food for them. He's almost leading to this where he says, man shall not, Moses says, man shall not live by bread and water alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And, 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 and we're going to, we're going to be led there because Jesus says, in, or, you know, if you drink of this water, it'll become a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. He's using this analogy of what she had to do day to day to survive and to get water and how important it was physically. He's saying spiritually that if you drink of me, you'll never thirst again. You see, that's something you can bank on. That's something you can be rest assured for the rest of your life that money, you're going to have to always do something to make more money. You're always going to have to go to sleep to eventually, you know, of course, get your rest. You're always going to have to eat, of course, to get your strength and your energy. But Jesus says that when you drink of me, you're never going to thirst again. This is not like the world. It's not like the world does us. It's not like the world's processes. And it's not like the things that we keep chasing after and putting in front of the Spirit of God himself. Jesus is so rewarding in the fact that his Spirit is everlasting and eternal. And it's a spring of rivers, a spring of water that begins to flow and everlasting eternal life. And Jesus, and I mean, I mean, the Bible even makes this reference that 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 life is more than Jesus' life is more than food and drink. So in verse 16, Jesus says to her, Jesus says to her in verse 16. Oh, I'm sorry, in verse 15, the woman said, Sir, give me this water that I might thirst no more, nor come here to draw at this well. She still didn't understand spiritually, just like sometimes we don't when God is talking to us through a, a, a man, a woman, a person, or in our spirit. Sometimes we still don't get the fact that God is talking to us spiritually and he has a spiritual plan that is by far greater than any earthly plan. And here's why. An earthly plan is going to come to an end. All your plans, all your projects, all your dreams, all your desires, they're going to come to an end. I don't care who you are. We're going to end up spending eternity somewhere. And right now is our opportunity to get to know the creator of heaven and earth. To get to know the creator that has eternal life in the palm of his hand. And he chooses on whom he gives it to. You know, it's funny. Later on in these scripture, or in these portions of scripture, we're going to see something amazing about, well, if God chooses, which he does, if God can only give you eternal life, which he can, look at, we're going to see what he says about those that choose to come to him. It's amazing. So she still doesn't get the fact that he's talking about something spiritual. So Jesus has to hit her. 
in verse 16 with this truth. He says, go call your husband and tell him to come here. And the woman answered and said, I have no husband. And Jesus said to her, you have well said, I have no husband. For you have had five husbands and the one you have now is not your husband. So in that you spoke truly. The woman said to to, to Jesus, sir, I perceive that you're a prophet. Our fathers worshiped on this mountain. You see how she's starting to get spiritual now. Our fathers worship on this mountain and you Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place where one ought to worship. And Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the father. You worship what you do not know. We worship or we know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews, but the hour is coming and now is. When the true worshiper, true worshipers will worship the Father and Spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship Him. You see, Jesus knew there were going to be a lot of people coming to hear His word, to hear the kingdom of heaven and salvation. And He knew that even some of the Jews were not truly worshiping God as God for who he was, for they did not have a full perspective of God at that time. Because now the father is in the flesh in his son, and they can't even tell that it's him. So he knew that the truth of who God was was about to change. And it was being revealed in Jesus Christ. You see, If we want to know God who created the heavens and the earth, who placed the stars in their orbits and in their place, and he knows them by name, if we want to know the God who thinks about us as much as the sands are of the ocean, if we want to know that God, then we must know his son, his son, Jesus Christ. His son, Jesus, is a wonderful man. He's a wonderful God. He laid down his life so that me and you would have everlasting life and not be separated from him. But if we want to know God, we got to get to know his son. So Jesus is already in trouble, stirring up things because they're like this, this guy, people are saying is a prophet. There's, you know, he's already baptizing or his disciple. He's making many disciples more than John. They're baptizing more people than ever. And in verse 21, um, Jesus said, woman, believe me, the hour's coming when you won't worship on this mountain or in Jerusalem. He knew there were people that were going to hear of him, uh, hear him preach, hear salvation. And they were not going to worship God in spirit and in truth. And to worship God in spirit and in truth is to adore and to love and to believe in Jesus. So those that were going to believe in Jesus during this time and even now is the ones who can worship God in spirit and in truth. So Jesus says here in verse 25, the woman said to him, I know that the Messiah is coming who is called Christ. And when he comes, he will tell us, all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. 
And at that point, the disciples came and they marveled that he talked with the woman, yet no one said, why do you, what do you seek? Or why are you talking to her? The woman then left her water pot. You notice that? She left her water pot because her spirit was now fully filled. After spending that moment with Jesus Christ, she believed. She leaves this water pot and she went into her city and she said to the men, come see a man who has told me all the things I've ever done. Could this be Christ? Then they went out of the city and they came to him. In the meantime, his disciples urged him saying, Rabbi, man, you need to eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat of, which you do not know. Therefore, the disciples said to one another, has anyone brought him anything to eat? And Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. This statement has been really jacking me up lately. And I want to ask you tonight, is your food, is what you're clinging on to, to get your strength and to live by, to survive, is it to do the will of God and to finish his work in your life? Jesus says, do you, do you not say there's still four months and then comes the harvest? So this probably was around December. They're talking about wheat. They're surrounded by the wheat fields. And he says, do you not say that there's still four months and then there comes harvest? Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields for they are already white for harvest. And I believe Jesus was seeing people in their clothing in their white garments approaching. And he was saying and, and giving an example of the harvest of the wheat, how the heads of them get white and they're ready for harvest. He was saying, look, it's time for harvest. It's time to evangelize. It's time to preach the gospel. And he says, he who reaps receives wages and gathers fruit for eternal life. That both he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice. For in this, for in this saying is true, one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you have not labored. Others have labored and you have not entered into their labors. And many of the Samaritans of the city believed in him because of his word and of the woman who testified. He told me all that I ever did, she's saying. So when the Samaritans had come to him, they urged him to stay with him. And he stayed for two days and many more believed because of his own word. Then they said to the woman, now we believe not because of what you said, for we believe ourselves because we have heard him and we know that he is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. Do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world? Because if you, if you don't, he's not going to be what you get up every day for. He's not going to be someone that you deny your life over and for. 
If Jesus isn't the Savior of the world, if he really didn't die on that cross for sins, for the sins of man and for your sins and my sins, then we're not going to live for him. We look in John chapter 6, a couple chapters, and we see that Jesus in John chapter 6 feeds the 5,000. I just want to throw uh, Andrew out there, Simon Peter's brother. He's not uh, referenced uh, too much as uh, one of the, uh, he didn't become one of the apostles, but he was one of Jesus' disciples, and he's the one that helped the little boy with the fish and the bread. He was that cool guy that was behind the scenes that didn't need to be out in, in, in the limelight. He was the one helping that didn't need to be the apostle. He was okay with that. He just wanted to be a disciple of Jesus. And so big shout out to, to Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. Um, he definitely helped that day when they were feeding the 5,000. But if you look here in John chapter 6, it's powerful because um, in verse 22, it says, On the following day when people, uh, when the people were standing on the other side of the sea, uh, they saw uh, there was no boat there except, that, except one that uh, the disciples had entered. And Jesus had not entered the boat with his disciples, but the disciples had gone away alone. However, other boats came from Tiberias near the place where they ate bread after the Lord had given thanks. When the people therefore saw that Jesus was not there, nor his disciples, they also got in the boats and they came to Capernaum seeking Jesus. And when they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? <laughs> Look, I got to say this. People are coming to Jesus, you know, the lover of our soul, the one who is the love of God, the one who is nothing but love. They said, hey, Rabbi, when did you come here? And Jesus answered and said, most assuredly, I say to you, you seek me not because you saw the signs, but because you ate of the loaves of bread and you were filled. Look at how he answers people. Look at how he talks to people. He says, Do not labor for food which perishes, but for the food which endures to everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give you because God the Father has set his seal on him. Jesus, again, is talking about the physical things in life, like food and drink, bread and water, but he's talking about something deeper, something bigger, and it's something me and you need for our lives. Every single day, we must remind ourselves we have a God who has provided us everlasting life. He's given us the spirit of himself who is like rivers of water who will never run dry. We will never thirst again. We will never be let down, rejected. We will never be put to the side, uh, deemed as no good, uh, less than, not valuable. God's spirit 
is everlasting to everlasting. And through Jesus Christ, we have eternal life. And Jesus is saying, look, you're seeking me for the wrong reasons. And you know what? Today, a lot of us still do. The reality is, is that we shoot up a prayer when we're in trouble. We shoot up a prayer when a family member gets sick or someone we know and has cancer. We, we, we shoot up a prayer when, when, when you know, we, we, we've maybe committed a really horrible sin and we feel really bad about it and we want to get close to God again. So we try and we brush ourselves off and, and we approach God again the same way we always have. Just like these people. The reality is, is that Jesus came here and he could have stayed in heaven to show us what was truly important. And my friends, Jesus and the Spirit of God is the most important thing in your life. I don't care what your goals and your dreams and your finances look like and the money you want to leave behind and the legacy you want to leave and the businesses you want to leave and all the goals and dreams you have. If you have not the Spirit of God, you are running dry, my friend. You're running thirsty. You are running tired. You are continuing day after day after day to do the same things, to get the same things. And you're never, ever, ever going to obtain eternal life unless you seek the bread from heaven. Then they said to him in verse 28 of John chapter 6, What shall we do that we may work the works of God? And Jesus answered them and said, This is the work of God that you believe in him who sent, whom he sent. This is the work of God. This, I'm going to say it again, this is the work of God that we live, we portray, we demonstrate with full belief on who God sent, and that is Jesus Christ. Therefore, they said to him, what sign? Look at these people. It's just like us. God, what sign are you going to give us again so I can believe on you again, so I can make the right decision, so I can choose you? It's like, how much more does God need to speak to me and you? He sends so-and-so and so-and-so and brother so-and-so and sister so-and-so and neighbor so-and-so and work co-worker so-and-so. And I mean, God forbid, God's constantly drawing us to him. And yet we're like these people. For we're seeking a sign and we just don't get it. He says, What sign will you perform that we may see it and believe in you? <laughs> what work will you do? Our fathers, so they try to get clever with Jesus. They try to come with the word of God. And they try to, they try to really, really like, you know, um, throw one at Jesus. He says, or they say, our fathers ate manna in the desert and is, it, it, as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. That Jesus said to them, most assuredly, I say to you, Moses did not give you bread from heaven, but my father gives you 
the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Then they said to him, Lord, give us this bread always. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me and you do not believe. And the Father gives me, or the, and I'm sorry, and all that the Father gives me will come to me. And the one who comes to me, I will by no means cast out. And the one who comes to me, I will by no means cast out. But check this out what he says in verse 37. All that the Father gives me will come to me. You see, it all starts with God. And my friends, I'm going to be honest with you. If God has been talking to you, if God has been drawing you close, if God has been using people to speak to you, you better hop on that train. Because it is a privilege for God to move in your life. It is a privilege for God to speak to us. God does not have to show us dreams. God doesn't have to show us little thoughts and inklings about him. God doesn't have to remind us. God, can, God, God quite frankly, can let us choose our sin and end up in hell. That's not what we want. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to tell you the truth. We need the Spirit of God. We need to come to Jesus. We'll never hunger again. We'll never thirst again. But God does the drawing and Jesus said, I will by no means cast out anybody who comes to me. Come on. We need to come to Jesus. And Jesus will not cast us out. Jesus says in verse 38, For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. The title of this message is, My Food is to Do the Will of Him Who Sent Me. Listen, are you waking up every morning? Are you waking up in the morning saying, Look, I know that I want to do A, B, C, and D. And man, it's a beautiful day for that. But I can't. God wants me to do this. I know I got service tonight, I got church today, whatever it is. What would God have you do? Would God have you just show up? Or would God have you be involved? Would God have you try to use the skills and the abilities, the amazing skills and the abilities that you have? Because even if the smallest ability or skills used for God it's great in the kingdom of God. The work of God is to believe that he sent Jesus Christ. And out of gratitude, out of knowing that God loves us, that he sent his only son to die for us, knowing that Jesus talks with this woman who's had five husbands, obviously she's trying to fill a void in her life. 
obviously with the drugs and the alcohol and the different things I was doing, I was trying to fill a void in my life. I was running from God. Nothing could fulfill my thirst. What are you looking to? Even that you might still be doing in your life that you're looking to fulfill your thirst because it's never going to. My friends, the reality is, is that Jesus and his spirit is the rivers of water that need to spring up within us. We, we need to get up every day and deny ourselves, but not deny ourselves like, oh man, like I don't get to live anymore. I don't get to have fun anymore. I don't get to do like anything cool anymore. No, we need to get up and totally let have God, let God have control. Let God have the reign. Let God sit on the throne so that God can do the amazing things that he wants to do. Today, I had a really cool experience. I'm not going to get into too much detail because I want my reward from God. I don't want to tell people what I did. But God told me to do something today. And Jesus knew that the greatest reward was the harvest. The greatest reward was evangelizing, was preaching the gospel, was making disciples, was bringing people in to the kingdom of God so they might have eternal life. He got a thrill. He was filled by fulfilling the will of his Father. We ultimately get filled by fulfilling the will of God in our life. And it doesn't matter what your dreams or desires are. I'm going to tell you, God's will for your life is a thousand times better than that. So man, woman, child, whoever you are, do you get up and do you say, my food is to do your will, oh God? What would you have me do today? Because sometimes I like to ride my Harley. And sometimes God says, you know what? You're not going to do that. You're going to spend some time with your wife and you're going to just chill out and you're going to stay home. Honestly, I got other ideas. I got other things that I want to do. And so do you, my friend. But what would God have you do? What would God have you do in your day and in your life? What is the will of God for your life? Because I'm telling you, he speaks it to you. And if you would listen, if you would just look to God, your heart, this, your, meaning your spirit, not your heart, heart, you know, because that thing could lead you astray. But the spirit, the heart of a man, the spirit of man, it's, it's, it's guiding you into all righteousness. And you know, it's crazy because we look at the Beatitudes in Matthew chapter five and Jesus got killed after he said these things. Now, I'm going to say it again, all right? Jesus got killed. This is what got him killed for saying things that I've just shared with you. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 6, he says, Those that hunger and thirst for righteousness shall be filled. My friends, look, the reason I'm preaching this to you tonight it's because there's no goal, there's no dream, there's nothing that you can possibly do in your life that's going to satisfy you like Jesus. Nothing. There's nothing that you're going to do 
no work, no desire, no nothing on this earth that you're really working hard after. Nothing like losing your life for Jesus. And I know it sounds crazy, and I know it sounds hard, but the Spirit of God that's in you that's listening, it bears witness to the truth. And you know what I'm saying is the truth. The truth is, is that Jesus wants to use your life. And he wants to have control. And he's worthy for, he laid down his life. He got killed for coming here to earth so he could save us. I mean, he's worthy. And all of our plans, the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 16, verse 9, It says that man can plan all he wants and plan his way, but at the end of it, the Lord will direct his paths. And if you look at that scripture, what it means is that God will overrule your plan for your life. And the quicker that me and you submit to God's plan, the more beneficial, the more pleasurable life becomes because he begins to fulfill you in every area of your life. I hated hungering and thirsting after this world. I was never filled. So I want to encourage you tonight. Whatever it is you're going through, whatever area of your walk with God you're struggling with, wherever you find yourself like just really working hard at and just seeing it's not working and just getting to a place in life where you're just like, I just don't get it. Honestly, God could be calling you and he could very well be saying, it's time that you seek me. It's time that you love me. It's time that you let me take over your life. And I want to say it again. If God has been speaking to you in any kind of way, that's a miracle in itself because God doesn't have to speak to us at all. It's your neighborhood preacher. I love you. I always tell you, stay up, stay prayed up. You know the devil's a liar. But listen, draw close to God. Give him his rightful place in your life. Because he's knocking on your door, the door of your heart. And you need to let him in. He is the bread of life. And if you eat the bread of life, you'll never hunger. You'll never thirst again if you drink the rivers of water the Spirit of God, and you let Him fill you, let Him have His way in your life. Let Him be the one that decides what you do. And as you release your will and control to God, I'm telling you, it is the most rewarding life you could ever have. It's your neighborhood preacher. Stay up, stay prayed up. Until next time, I love you.